720 WGN. Maybe you've heard some stuff from neighbors. Maybe you've seen signs. There's definitely a push to build more CO2 pipelines. And with that, there's a pushback. People saying, well, I don't want them running through my land. Pam Richard is the co-founder and co-director of Ecojustive Collaborative. Pam, that's located here in Illinois, right? Yes, Lisa. We're in uh, Champaign, Illinois, central Illinois, where the pipeline action has heated up. Absolutely. I see a lot of signs when I'm traveling through Illinois. Tell everyone what the CO2 pipelines are designed to do. CO2 pipelines are designed to transport carbon dioxide, which is an asphyxiant, uh, from a carbon from a, uh, a plant that that releases carbon. In this case, what we're looking at is mostly ethanol plants at this stage. So you capture it at the plant, you transport it by pipeline at high pressures, and then you bury it in in the ground. And here in Illinois, the first project to uh, to apply for approval to do that is Navigator CO2 Pipelines, and their pipeline would capture CO2 from sources outside the state and in uh, other other Midwestern states, except for one in Henry County, transport it across 292 miles of some of the most fertile uh, farmland in the in the country, and then store it in the ground, inject it in the ground in two counties. One is Christian County and one is Montgomery County, where they hope it will stay put. And our concern is that at this scale that's being proposed, Navigator's Pipeline, if it were to be built, would be the largest and most complex project in the world. 292 miles in Illinois, but overall it's 1,342 miles long. Similarly, uh, we have no experience storing as much CO2 that would be stored by that pipeline, which is 15 million metric tons a year, and the second pipeline to make its way into Illinois, Wolf Carbon uh, Solutions Pipeline, uh, which is proposing to uh, capture and store 12 million metric tons. That's, we have nothing of that scale to, to look on and know that it's safe. Nothing. And so um, you said something about McHenry County. Have they already passed something that said it cannot go through their county? No, this is Henry County. Oh, Henry. Henry. Okay. Henry, Henry got it. <laughs> and and, okay. and it, so has construction began? No, no. They're in a uh, process. The first pipeline com- uh, company who came to Illinois is back for the second time after having trouble getting through the process the first time around, not having all their, their ducks in a row. And and it's an, only an 11-month process, and they've been in the process now since February 24th, the end of February of this year. So they have to get approval, and then what happens when they get approval by the Illinois Commerce Commission, if they do, uh, they will be granted eminent domain authority, and then we'll go about the process of, again, trying to negotiate before, before you know, using that, that tool to get the property. The problem with that is the farmers and the landowners along the route are really concerned about safety. They're also concerned about property rights and permanent easements that would be across their property. They're also concerned about impacts associated with pipeline construction, that if you're a farmer can reduce your yield. Right. And and I can't imagine being a homeowner or a farmer, and they're saying, we're building this pipeline right through your property. We claim eminent domain. There's nothing you can do about it. What about if that pipeline goes by schools or 
Um, That's a good question. There's nothing at this point that would require that pipeline to be moved a farther distance away from those sensitive land uses like schools and hospitals and daycare centers and other other things that we all could name that are sensitive where people where people would have trouble getting out like like a, a nursing home for example where people are not not you know immediately mobile so that's that's a concern and I, I just wanted to say that here in Illinois you see you see the signs in central Illinois uh, that's indicative of the fact that landowners are fighting back and they're saying no and they're not granting that easement authority that's needed to build the pipeline. So right now, if Navigator would get approval uh, for its project, it would need to use eminent domain for 86.6% of its project. And that's not what eminent domain is, is to be used for. Eminent domain is a tool to say, okay, you got a couple landowners who are holding out. We've got a uh, project that uh, that all have decided is in the best interest of the state, and we'll use eminent domain for those last few landowners. So this is really going to be a test case, I think, as this project goes through the Illinois uh, Commerce Commission. And the other thing I wanted to say... Yeah, I just ahead. wanted to reintroduce you in case people people getting in the car and getting out of the car all the time. This is Pam Rickard, co-founder and co-director of EcoJustice Collaborative. We're talking about carbon dioxide pipelines, the proposal to build them not throughout Illinois, but it also would be Iowa, Minnesota. What other states are involved? South Dakota, North Dakota. Uh, let's see, did you say Minnesota? <laughs> yeah, got Minnesota uh, in there, too. Nebraska. And do these pipelines, do are they built in any other area of the U.S. right now? Yes, yes, and that's the point I wanted to make. So I'm glad you brought me back to that. Yes, they are. But what's interesting is, and, and, the, and those who are in favor of these projects will say, well, CO2 pipelines have been around for 30 years. That's true, but after 30 years, there's only 5,000. 300 miles of CO2 pipelines, and most of them are built in unpopulated areas, not just rural areas, but unpopulated areas. And they capture CO2, most of them, from a natural source of CO2, and then it's piped much shorter distances uh, to a, a facility where they are recovering uh, oil. So it's an enhanced oil recovery that it's used for. In this case, especially with the Wolf Pipeline, we're going to be going through some pretty heavy, densely populated areas. And there are no established setbacks. There are no uh, guarantees that the the pipeline is is going to be constructed according to federal standards uh, that are being proposed because those standards don't yet exist. So those of us who are concerned about CO2 pipelines are saying, this is an experiment. It's more complex. The pipelines are longer, and the pipeline developers are rushing through their process before the federal government completes its uh, uh, new uh, its rulemaking for new standards that would improve safety and oversight. And that rulemaking happened after that accident in Satarsha that was featured in the, uh, the Tribune. Yeah, I, I read about that accident. My gosh, that was absolutely terrifying. It was like out of a horror movie or something. So pipeline proposal still needs the approval of the Illinois Commerce Commission. Have they already approached landowners to gauge their willingness yes. to allow this to be built? Yes, they have. The Navigator CO2 pipeline has. Wolf has not yet. They just entered the process on, on June 16th, I believe it was. But Navigator has, and after a year of negotiating, they have secured agreements with only 13% of the landowners they've talked to, and they've made 
20,580 visits uh, to talk to uh, landowners on 1,104 parcels. So that's an indication, I think, of the concerns that that farmers and landowners have about these pipelines. And and local governments have those concerns, too, Lisa. I mean, they're adopting moratoriums, uh, moratoriums and resolutions, townships and cities, and school boards are adopting resolutions against the CO2 pipeline. And, uh, and many of the local governments are, in fact, um, intervening in the Illinois Commerce Commission process, as are landowners. landowners How can people reach out to you, Pam? Before I have to toss it over to news, I would like you to make everyone aware of your website and uh, give us some information as to where we can find out more. You can find a lot on our website, which is easy to remember. No Illinois CO2 Pipelines pluralpipelines.org, no Illinois CO2pipelines.org. And the email address that's easiest to, to remember, again, you'll find that on the website, is coalition at no Illinois CO2pipelines.org. You tried to make it easy for folks. So you can Absolutely. contact me directly at that email address. You can find out a whole lot of information there. And we're out there holding public meetings, so stay tuned. Thank you so much. We'll, we look forward to future conversations. That's Pam Rickert, co-founder and co-director of EcoJustice Collaborative here in Illinois. Steve's News is next uh, on 720 WGN from the Northwestern Medicine Newsroom. WGN.